try and help one person do something good. Bring love, kindness, joy to one person every day. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short and to stop sitting it out and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time because it's not just about business, it's about contribution, it's about meaning. That is what we seek. That is what we truly want, and you absolutely are here to serve the world, and I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you, and every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to NetSuite for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Download their free Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth guide today at netsuite.com slash dreamjob. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your old home movies, film reels, and photos. For a limited time, they're offering you a huge exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob to get 40% off your first order. With this exclusive deal, LegacyBox starts at just $45. You can go to LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob and save 40% today. This episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job is supported by ModCloth. For 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and enter code DREAMJOB at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on June 9th, 2019. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. You are in for such a treat today. I am so grateful that you're here. I'm so happy that you're here because I know that this episode, if there's any episode that will inspire you, to take your dream seriously. If there's ever been an episode we've done that will remind you that there is room for you. If there's ever been a guest on the show who will show you just how high you can reach and just how much you can achieve, it's our guest today. Our guest today is the man behind Starbucks, Howard Schultz. Howard created a company which was all about values empathy, creating community, and kindness. He reinvented what a brand could be and completely changed coffee culture and the lives of millions of people around the world. Howard is not someone who grew up with a silver spoon. He and his family lived in public housing in Canarsie, Brooklyn, at the very last stop of the L train. They were constantly facing financial stress and times were really tough, but he never used that as an excuse. In fact, he did the opposite. Starbucks now has over 30,000 stores in 78 countries and employs over 400,000 people and serves hundreds of millions of human beings around the world. But truly, that's not the most amazing thing about Howard. What's really remarkable about Howard is the person that he is. Howard wanted to create a space where people could come together. He wanted to create a company that was about serving other people and making people feel seen. And he has done just that. We're going to get into all of this, how he made this dream possible, and you're going to get a real look at the person that he is. I feel so honored to have had this chat with him, and I'm so, so happy to be sharing it with you. So thank you guys for tuning in. I love you. 
Thanks for subscribing to the show. And this is definitely one you're going to want to share with your friends. Before we jump in, let's just say a quick thanks to our sponsor. Spring is just around the corner, which means I'm wearing more florals, more splashes of color, and it's a chance to truly refresh my outfits. And when you go to Mod Cloth's site, you'll discover something uniquely you. Mod Cloth believes fashion celebrates all women, so they are expanding their size range from double zero to 28. For 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and enter code DREAMJOB at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on June 9, 2019. Do you have a question about your fit? Well, their team of mod stylists can hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help. I ordered the sweetly celebrated fit and flare dress. It's stylish and fun, and it's got these beautiful flowers all over it. It's a great dress for a special occasion like a party or even just a nice outing. But there's a ton of other stuff to choose from, like sweaters, blouses, shoes. So I'm definitely going to be doing a lot of online shopping there. For 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth, M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com and enter code DREAMJOB at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires this coming June 9th, 2019. Okay, without further ado, please welcome the very humble, incredibly wise, one and only Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz, it is such an incredible honor. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be on. You're such an incredibly compassionate person. I feel like it's so easy for people to look at someone like you who is so successful and to forget that you were once a kid who had dreams like everyone else. And I want to talk about it because every single person in the entire planet um, goes to Starbucks and it's part of our life. Um, but not everybody knows. Not everybody really knows the story. And I, I would love for you to share your story sure. and what it was like for you growing up and give people that insight. Well, uh, thank you. I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, lived uh, most of my young adolescent and teenage life in public housing. Wow. It was a tough childhood. Uh, my father was a World War II veteran and came back from the war damaged mm. and triggered a lot of emotion and rage in him. Of course, yeah. He was a man who had a series of uh, blue-collar jobs without much purpose and always uh, financially underwater. Uh, when I was seven years old, he was a truck driver delivering and picking up cloth diapers, wow. and he fell on a sheet of ice and injured himself, broke his hip and his ankle. Mm. And in uh, 1960, if you were a blue-collar worker, you were dismissed, fired, no workman's compensation, no health insurance. And uh, what I witnessed uh, was literally the fracturing of an American family. And about once every two, three weeks, Jewish Family Services would dr actually drop off food uh, to the apartment. Oh and uh, I guess that experience produced a level of uh, insecurity and shame. And I carried that with me, and it shaped how I would see the world, and specifically how I would uh, one day be in a position to build a company and much of what I tried to do at Starbucks over the last almost 40 years uh, was build the kind of company that my father never got a chance to work for, and specifically trying to create the dignity of work. And so the, su the financial success of Starbucks, which uh, you know I'm so proud of, 30,000 stores in 78 countries and almost 400,000 people working for the company and 100 That's million amazing. people, as you said, uh, goes for Starbucks every week. But what I'm most proud of is mm. the 
the humanity of the company and how we were able uh, through a different view of how to build a business, create the balance between profit and, and, and humanity and specifically healthcare for every employee, ownership for every employee, partnership with ASU and to create a free college tuition for everybody. And so those three programs are the signature levels of trying to build a company with a conscience and specifically recognize that not every business decision is an economic one, even when you're running a public company, and that the culture and values and guiding principles of Starbucks would be defined by sharing success with our people and building trust at levels that would exceed the expectations of our people. So they, in, in fact, could exceed the expectations of the, of the customer. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of brings us to where we are today. Now, everyone who's listening wants to build their dream. Everyone who's listening wants to take this thing they love and make it into something that's a full-time thing. So tell us how this all happened. Yeah. I'll try and give you the short version. Right. It's a long story. It's a long story. (laughs) I, I was working for Starbucks as an employee when they had four stores as the head of marketing. Yeah. And the the founder of the company uh, sent me to Italy to a trade show in 1983, one year after I joined Starbucks. And while I was there, I discovered and became enamored with the romance of espresso as a result of seeing all these Italian coffee bars mm-hmm. uh, throughout Italy. Yeah. Uh, but Starbucks itself was not in that kind of business. It was just selling coffee for home use. Right. And so I raced back to the U.S. and kind of shared my enthusiasm uh, with the founders of the company. And they didn't really... They didn't like the idea. They didn't, they didn't want to be in what they referred to as the restaurant side of the business. So I, I ended up leaving Starbucks and formed my own coffee bar business called Il Giornale, named after the Italian newspaper. Opened mm-hmm. three stores. Wow. And then in 87, Starbucks and Pete's Coffee Company had previously merged. Starbucks yeah. got into some financial trouble and offered the opportunity for me to acquire Starbucks in 87 for $3.8 million. We had six stores. Now, the the good news is the the opportunity was incredible. The bad news is I didn't have any money. And so I had to go out and try and find and raise money to buy the company. And at the end of August 87, we had 11 stores and 100 employees and a dream to build a national brand. And as I said earlier, in a different way that would achieve the fragile balance between profit and, and conscience. And that conscience was trying to do everything we could to elevate uh, people in the company so that they felt as if they were part of something larger than themselves. Yeah. And I heard you on Guy Raz's podcast, how I built this talking about how, when you were in the process of trying to raise that money that Bill Gates like helped you, that is an incredible story. Yeah. So as I said, I had to go out and raise $3.8 million. I had 60 days to do it. And uh, within about 30 days, they, they came to me and said, how are you doing? Uh, I said, well, I've, I've raised half of it and I, I believe I'll get the other half, but honestly, I didn't know where or how. And then they kind of laid a bomb on me and said that one of my investors from Illuminati had kind of gone around me and was about to steal the opportunity. And he hmm. was a Titan in Seattle. And so I, I was referred to Bill Gates Sr., who was at the time the leading attorney in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I I did not know him. Right. And for that matter, Bill Gates in 1987 was not the Bill Gates we know today. Right, right. This was was his father. Right. 
And so I, I went to see Bill Gates Sr., uh, told him the story, and uh, he, he basically said, uh, let me process all of this, and I want you to come back in a few hours. And I did, and then he said, we're going to go for a walk. And we literally walked across the street to visit the guy who was about to steal the business from me, my mm -hmm. dream. Mm -hmm. And Bill Gates Sr. just completely uh, dressed him down. And told him that there was no way that he was going to allow this man to steal my idea, uh, that he should be ashamed of himself, and yeah. and you're going to stand down. Ten minutes later, we just walked out of his office. I was just wondering, okay, what just happened? Right. And uh, Bill Gates Sr. said, you're going to buy the company, and I'm going to help you. Now, the, the, the beauty of the story is not only what I just said, but in 30-plus years, Bill Gates Sr., never told a soul about how much he helped me, oh my God. what he had done, how he'd saved me, him having my back. I mean, he was like an angel. And if it wasn't for Bill Gates Sr. and my wife, Sherry, we, and I wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be having this interview. You'd be talking to somebody else. Unbelievable. And what a lot of people don't understand unless they've listened to you or read your book or done their own homework is that initially Starbucks wasn't those stores that you, when you went to work for Starbucks, they were just selling coffee beans, coffee. They weren't, right. they weren't doing what you had in mind. And then when you came back from Italy and you said, I'm so fired up, this is what we should do. They were looking at you like, what are you talking about? That's not an yeah, idea. They, didn't, they weren't that, <laughs> that enthused. I was not a great salesman. Yeah, I don't know about that. But yeah, they or and then the thing is, I heard you talk about this, that like when you opened up, they gave you like a few hundred square feet to like try this idea. And it did so well. And they yeah. were like, yeah, we don't this is not our business. We don't want to get no, into exactly this business. Right. It's just hard to believe that you saw it so clearly, so clearly. And they they did not. Um, you've said so many times that you built this company one coffee cup at a time, one person at a time. And I would love you to talk about what that means. And you've said so many times, even on your Instagram, you posted that empathy. Empathy is really the currency, yeah. right, of the world. So it makes things go round. Right. So what does that mean to you that we should all understand how empathy serves to be the engine of our business? Well, when you're building a business, uh, regardless of the product or the service or the idea, the business must have a core purpose and a reason for being. Uh, in our case, uh, so much of the foundational experience is based on the people who deliver the coffee, serve the customer. Mm -hmm. And the equity of the brand is defined not by advertising or traditional marketing, but that emotional connection between our people and our customer. Yeah. And so, uh, I think very early on, we realized that the, the star of the show uh, has to be an understanding that we have to elevate our people in ways that uh, really celebrate them and would be truthful. And most importantly, uh, we would keep our promises, whatever they were going to be. And so the benefits I've described uh, is part of an understanding that the, the secret sauce from 1987, when we had 11 stores and 100 people working with the company, was then and is today the culture, the values, and guiding principles of the company. Yeah. And 
it's not about how many stores we have or how many customers come. It's it's about one customer and one Starbucks employee we call a partner because everyone's an owner and an extraordinary cup of coffee. And, and then the managers and leaders have to understand uh, what our role and responsibility is. So it's a level of intimacy uh, with regard to the experience. It's mm-hmm. a level of empathy and compassion in personally understanding who the people are uh, who are wearing the green apron and really trying on a personal level to recognize that we're, we're not in a commodity business. The coffee is not a commodity. The people are not a commodity. And certainly the customer is not a commodity. Yeah. And so all of that, I think, sits on the foundation of being a performance-driven company through the lens of humanity. And a story that I've told in the book is that I've, for the last almost 40 years, uh, every Monday in a leadership meeting and every quarter in a board meeting, I've had two empty chairs. And those two chairs it was a metaphor for one, uh, which was occupied by a customer and the other by a Starbucks employee. Mm. And all along for oh. these 40 years, trying to answer the question in those meetings, whether or not the decision we were making or the strategy we we're going to embrace would make our people and our customers proud. And that was a litmus test that I tried to teach uh, everyone who was around me. If the answer was yes, of course we were going to do it. And if it was no, uh, even if it was going to make us more money, we shouldn't do it. The the subject comes into leadership. Yeah. And who are you as a leader? Um, what do you really stand for when... It's not as easy as when you have the wind at your back, but you've got resistance and the wind in your face and you've got challenges and tough decisions. And mm-hmm. that, that's when the rubber hits the road and uh, when you've got to make the right decisions based on the ethics and the integrity of what it means to be a great leader and uh, at the same time honoring the history and the values of the company. Yeah, it's incredible. And I've heard it said, like, if you have a strong enough why you'll figure out the how. And you've talked about how building community was really so much at the forefront of why you wanted to create these stores because you you said yes. you saw people gathered together when you were in Italy and they would come together and you wanted to create what you call this third place, right? There's like right. work, home, and then there's this place. It's like the cheers where everybody knows your name. This is where you go. This is where you come. And you've done that. And I think the greatest human need is to feel seen. That's what we want. We want to feel mm-hmm. seen. We want that connection. Right. And that seems like it was paramount for you is to create that third place. Well, I think that's absolutely true. I think what you just said is people want to be seen and understood and valued and respected. Yeah. What I noticed in the UK uh, with the ubiquity of pubs and then in Italy with the ubiquity of espresso bars there was nothing at the time in the U.S. that served the uh, same level of opportunity for people to gather in a safe place and, so and build a sense of community. It's and so since true. coffee is such a part of conversation, it seemed to be a natural opportunity. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing today is that the sense of community in the third place that we developed initially in the U.S. is as relevant in China, Malaysia, Japan, Spain, France, Mexico, Brazil, everywhere we've gone, there's a universal acceptance and feeling that people are longing 
to be together. Yes. So, you know, one word we haven't talked about is, is love and the, the need to build love into an organization and its culture and, and the currency of trust and how important that is when you're trying to lead people yeah. and, and create fellowship, yeah. not fellowship, but yeah. fellowship. Yep. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, there's such a fracturing of trust in institutions, Yeah. but it's not going to change because we just wish it. It's got to change because uh, we're going to have to bend it. Yep. And I think this is going to be a time when people are going to have to step up and, and earn it. Yep. I'm just blown away by everything you're saying. Before we keep going, let's just say a quick thanks to our sponsor. So lately, I've been working on growing my companies, which is really exciting, but it also comes with its challenges, like updating all those systems and processes and replacing things that are inefficient and getting a handle on everything. In any business, it's important to have software that can handle that growth. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. With NetSuite, you can save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance and accounting, orders, and HR instantly right from your desk or even your phone. Right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights to overcome the obstacles that are holding you back for free. Don't miss out on unleashing your business's full potential with this free guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth. You're going to learn how to acquire new customers, increase profits, and finally get real visibility into your cash flow. Thousands of the best-known brands and fastest-growing companies use NetSuite to manage their business, and now it's available to you. Get NetSuite's guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth, when you go to netsuite.com slash dreamjob right now. Download their free Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth guide today at netsuite.com slash dreamjob. That's netsuite.com slash dreamjob. Now, you were talking before about what it's like to be a leader. And it's so easy when you have the wind, you know, when you have the wind in your favor and all that stuff. But like any incredible success story, Starbucks definitely had its moments where you were fighting and you had a fight and there were dips and all of that. And you were that kid who, I mean, I've read your books, like sat in that stairwell to get out of that tiny little apartment that was just a place where you could escape. You could go sit in the stairwell and like try to find your own thoughts, right? And so it's amazing to me. It's like mind-blowing to me that that 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid sitting in that stairwell is then in these situations where like you're running this huge empire and you don't fold, you stay the course, you keep going, you get back up. How do you help those of us who are listening, people who are listening right now, when it's so easy to feel defeated, when the number one issue people have is they tell themselves they're not enough, that they can't do it, that, that it doesn't matter, who are they to add anything? How do you encourage people that you, you do have what it takes and you're going to stick with it and you're going to keep going? Because you've done that so many times. Mm-hmm. Well, the way you, you pose the question, one would assume that I, I don't have my own issues of insecurity or vulnerability or self-doubt. And I want to make sure your, your listeners realize that I do. Who well, is that generous <laughs> that says, I'm also human and I also still struggle? With, I mean, of course, everybody, unless you're, you know, I guess not a person, but that's beautiful that you would share that. Well, I, I say that because it's important that people realize that I think we're, we, we all have our own story. Uh, we all have faced challenges. Uh, we all have uh, levels of 
issues of insecurity or self-esteem. And that's not a barrier or an obstacle that one can't cross over. It's just part of who we are. So my success that I've enjoyed is not because of of me being smarter or more gifted. It's because I've been in a position where I've been able to surround myself with great people who are values-based and we're aligned on a, on a common goal. The challenges that I think I have faced personally and the company have faced, we've overcome because of our belief in each other, belief in the cause. Mm-hmm. And I think just the will, the absolute will that we, we were not going to fail. And the reason that we weren't going to fail is we had the massive responsibility of hundreds of thousands of people and their families who were relying on us as leaders to ensure the fact that we preserve and enhance the company. I also think if you are leading others, you have to share with them not only the vision and the purpose, but also the challenges and the information that you have, uh, regardless of how damaging or concerning the information might be about the risk or the burden. In in order to ask people to follow you and to give of themselves, they need to have the same level of insight and perspective that you do. And you need to trust people with that information. The other thing is we have all failed. Nobody wants to fail, but we all have failed. We all have made mistakes. We're going to make more mistakes. Question is, what are we learning from it? Right, exactly. And what's the choice? If you fail, and the choice is, am I going to get up or stay down? I mean, no, you know, you're not going to stay down. You've got to get back up and you've got to uh, have the inner constitution to realize that you can get up and you can overcome whatever it is. Yeah. I also think you, you need people to talk to. You need people to confide in. Mm-hmm. You need people that you trust. Mm-hmm. Not only can't, can't you do the task alone, but you, you need people in your life that you can talk this through with and gain insight, wisdom, and strength. And whether that's your partner, your friend, your parent, your priest, your rabbi, your therapist, we need someone to talk to. No one could do any of this alone. We can't do life alone, let alone build a business alone. It's beautiful. And by the way, I think that's another huge accomplishment of yours that most people at your stature don't have, which is such a special, solid marriage for such a long time. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it is far easier to go to work than it is to look at yourself and love another person and accept them. And I can't think of another person who's ever built a company of this grandeur who's had a marriage like that. How do you think that has happened? You got to marry the right partner. Yeah. So I I wouldn't rush into anything. (laughs) (laughs) But again, I I think uh, meeting the right person... Shared values, realizing that any relationship, let alone marriage, is not, you know, a, it's not a straight line. It's, it's, there's going to be bumps in the road and challenges, and you got to learn from each other and learn from your mistakes. And I think, again, humility and the ability to listen and understand. And I, you know, I haven't always been good at that. So I, I've, <laughs> I've gotten better over the years and still learning. Well, there's the humility once again. I have a, you know, you've also, you talked about your mom. And Mm -hmm. how she painted a picture for you 
that this was not the last stop on the train, which makes me cry. It's so beautiful, mm. especially how you say it, because where you lived was the last stop on the L train, right? In Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, there is a physical sign uh, in Canarsie when you get off the L train that this is the last stop. and uh, It's more than a, a sign. It's, it is the last stop. But my mother, uh, as I wrote in the book, uh, had just a incredible belief in the country and that our standing in life was not going to define her son's ability to overcome uh, public housing. And uh, she just imprinted in me that I was going to get out, I was going to go to college. And and then also my mother suffered from depression. She, and in you know, those years, that was not a disease that was right. easily e- either diagnosed or people admitted it. Yep. So between my father's lack of purpose in terms of finding quality of work and feeling as if he was a victim and my mother's depression, the one thing she had was this belief in in the country and that I was going to get out. And clearly because of her that I was able to get out and and succeed. And unfortunately, both my parents really never, to a degree, my mother got it a bit, but then she got sick. Uh, When my father died in 1988, so he didn't see any of this. My parents really didn't see and experience my success. And if they knew uh, that their son uh, was considering running for president, I think they would just uh, be overjoyed uh, with emotion and pride. And and so I'm, in many ways, I'm, I'm probably still trying to make them proud. I have no doubt that your parents are so proud of you. Oh, thank you. Uh, my friend was telling me a story about a a woman he knows who works for Teach for America. And she was saying how she asked the kids to draw, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, draw what anything. And one kid drew an astronaut, one kid drew a doctor, one kid drew a veterinarian. And there was a kid in the back and he wasn't drawing. And she walked over and said, what's going on? And he said, uh, I can't think of anything. And she tried to, you know, get him to do something. And five minutes later, he drew a pizza delivery boy. And so she called the boy's mom and said, what's going on with this? And, and she said, oh, I can tell you why he drew that. His dad's in jail, his uncle's on drugs, and my other brother, mm. he's a pizza delivery boy. And the reason I'm telling you that is because she then said, we reach for the highest branch that we see as possible. And mm. I'm thinking about that story. I'm thinking about you growing up in public housing with two parents who were very well-meaning and loved you very much. And and yet there wasn't a tremendous amount to to give, right? You you guys had very little. And the fact that you've built this, like how did you raise the standard? How were you able to see so far? And the branch was so high that you could see out and the view was incredible. I think we, we should establish the fact that we didn't start out to build 30,000 stores. We we set out to build a hundred. We didn't set out to build a public company or a global business. We just set out to build a company that would balance profit with conscience. And so in a way, here's another metaphor. If you're going to build a hundred story skyscraper, you, you can't start building a hundred stories. You got to build the foundation first. Mm-hmm. And so much of what we were able to do is a result of the strength of the culture and values of the company, which is the foundational glue that gave us the structure uh, and the ability 
to build a big company. And without that foundational sense of purpose and reason for being and currency of trust and humility, all kind of in a reservoir of humanity, none of this would have happened. And that's not to say that we haven't had bumps in the road or made big mistakes, but we've always been able to come back to the center. And the center is core purpose, reason for being, values, heritage, tradition. What, what is it we're trying to do? Why are we doing it? Yes, exactly. And I, I've never been in a Starbucks meeting in almost 40 years where the purpose of the meeting was how do we make more money? Wow. I, I, I can never, ever. Uh, now, we all recognize we had a responsibility to the shareholders to make money. Sure. But that's, that was never the purpose. Starbucks' core purpose was not making money. It was elevating people, our customers and our own people. We, what, what is it we're trying to do? Why are we doing it? Yep. I've heard it said that the opposite of depression is not happiness. It's purpose. I've mm. never interviewed anyone who's used the word purpose more. So, oh, well, thank you very much. I think that's why you're a happy person who has a good marriage and great kids because you never looked at success as happiness. It's purpose. It's all purpose. It's all how do I serve? How can I serve? Mm -hmm. How can I serve? And this isn't about coffee and it's not about dollars. It's about the people. And um, that's what you're doing for people is you're reawakening that sense of purpose and that goodness through your humility and all of that good that you do, may it just keep coming back to you 10,000 times over and over again. There's people listening to this podcast right now who they want to start their own shop. They want to bake. They want to have a bead store. They want to paint. And they feel like there's no room for them. Like there's already, you know, tons of stores. There's already tons of blogs. There's already tons of people making fashion design. Do you think that there's room? Do you think that there's yes. more room for people? There's always room. There's never a point where uh, someone can't create differentiation, better service, a value proposition. The, the entrepreneurial opportunity in America has never been greater. I, I really believe that. You know, young people today are, are doing things that are so extraordinary. And so, yes, I, I just don't open up a coffee store. <laughs> Although I would say on so many levels, you helped all those other coffee stores. No, for, I did. For sure. I mean, no doubt. I know. Oh my gosh. I have a couple more questions for you, but first let's just take a quick ad break. One of my favorite things to do with my family is watch old home video footage and relive those experiences like birthday parties and school performances. And even if sometimes I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is that really what I look like back then? I think it's really important to preserve all of these memories. That's why I love Legacy Box. I send them my old videotapes and photos and they professionally digitize everything on a thumb drive, digital download, or DVD. Every item comes with easy to follow instructions and safety barcodes and personalized updates at every step. They also send you the original recorded moments back along with perfectly preserved digital copies. Save your family films and photos from degrading or being lost forever. You're definitely going to be the family hero for bringing back those memories to watch and see again. Also, you'll feel so much more organized after cleaning out that closet full of old camcorder tapes and film reels. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. You can visit LegacyBox.com today and get started. Plus, for a limited time, they're offering my listeners an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob to get 40% off your first order. That's LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob and save 40% today. Get started preserving your past. 
last couple of questions. First of all, just from a business standpoint, real fast, what comes up first? If I said, what's the most important aspect of business? Is it sales, marketing, customer service, branding? For me, it would be surrounding yourself with people who are more experienced, more skilled than you are, that are complementary to your own skill base and experience, but share your values. Mm. Because you can't do this alone. And it's not marketing. It's interpersonal communication and relationship with others. Yep. That's it. You've been very consistent about that. And as people are leaving this episode now and feeling so in love with you as a human being and so inspired by you, what would your advice be to them when they end this episode and they're feeling so hopeful and they want to go do something and they want to contribute? Where do they start? Like, what's one thing that they can start to think about doing to start contributing and expressing themselves, building their business, adding their color to the world? Like, what comes up for you that maybe they could start to do to put one foot in front of the other? I'd say try and help one person each day, just one person. And whatever that help is, try and touch one person's life every day, whoever that is, family member, friend, someone on the street, do something good. Bring love, kindness, joy to one person. So beautiful. That's not that hard to do, and it means so much. I mean, there's no words, right? Everybody says, like, amazing. Amazing is used too often to be used to describe you. There's a Talmudic story that at one point the angels say to God, why are you going to make people? People will have free will, and they'll be terrible. And he says, just just wait and see what a person can be. And like, uh, this is all I'm thinking right now, talking to you. Like, this is what a person can Have do. Have you studied the Talmud? Is that why you're referring to that? I did. I went, I grew up really secular. All I knew about Judaism was Mel Brooks and uh, uh, Woody <laughs> Allen movies and Locks and Bagels. But I went to, right. uh, uh, I went on the Birthright Israel trip. I was one of those like success stories. And I stayed in Jerusalem for uh, two years after the trip. I just kept staying. And uh, Well, if we're, if we're talking about the Talmud, then I have to share a story with you. Oh, my goodness. What a treat. Okay. So this is not what you're expecting, but let's go. Okay. Uh, so I've always seeked out people who had uh, wisdom and could provide sage advice to me. And I met a rabbi in Mayor Sharim. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 15 years ago, the head rabbi, Rabbi Finkel. Mm-hmm. Like you, I, I'm a secular Jew. Yeah. Uh, in any event, I developed this relationship with Rabbi Finkel, and I would study with him the theory of the Talmud and trying to create the understanding of humility and yeah. sensitivity and the virtue of character. And one day, Uh, While I was in Israel, I had an opportunity to go to the Wailing Wall. Yeah. And uh, Rabbi Finkel asked to join me. Now, remember, Rabbi Finkel is the head rabbi of the mirror. Yeah. In Christianity, I guess he would be like a a cardinal. Yeah. This is so pious. So we go to the wall. People begin to recognize Rabbi Finkel. They can't believe he's at the Wailing Wall. Yeah. And we're walking to the wall, he and I, and we get to about no less than 10 yards between where we're standing and the wall itself. Mm-hmm. And he stops. And he says to me, I can't go any further than this. Mm. I've never been closer than this. Mm. 
And I said, Rabbi, I don't, I do not understand what you're saying. What do you, what do you mean? You've never been any closer than this. And he pushes me from the, from his hand on my back. And he says, go say a prayer for me. And I say, wait a minute, I don't, I, you need to explain to me why you're not going with me. And he says, I've never been closer than this because I am not worthy. The head rabbi tells me he's not worthy of going to the wall. And so that was such a lesson in humility and um, respect that Rabbi Finkel, the head rabbi of the mirror, right. had never touched the wall other than getting within 10 yards asked me to say a prayer for him because he was he didn't think he was worthy. Right. And that is, I mean, it's extraordinary, right? People, we don't meet people like that every day. No, we don't meet people like that. And here you are, the pinnacle of success, success beyond every measure people would aspire to have one ounce of it. And if they had it, they would absolutely be a success by any book, by any standard. And you're repeating that story. That's What's so incredible about your soul, about your character, like this is what you value. What a human, what a soul. Thank you for this time. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you. You're the best. Wow. I still can't believe that that just happened. He is such an incredible person, right? Are you not floored right now by who he is. If you want to find out more about him and his story and what's next for him, I highly recommend you read one of his books. Um, you can also go check out his website, which is howardschultz.com. To celebrate Howard and Starbucks and coffee, all things that I love, if you go to my Instagram, I'm going to be doing this over the next few days. I'd love for you guys to come on over. I posted for you a barcode in my Insta story. There's also one in my feed. If you go ahead and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and tag a few friends, you can go ahead and use that barcode. Go get yourself a Starbucks on me, and I will keep refilling and posting more gift cards so that you all can go and make sure you can get yourself a Starbucks. I would love it if you did an Insta story and you tagged me in it and showed us a photo of you drinking that Starbucks and give a shout out to the podcast and let your friends know that this is a place they can come to feel supported and to feel inspired to add your own color and do what you want to do to contribute to this world. So make sure you're subscribed to the show and then come on over to Instagram and you can grab that barcode. And I would love it if you go get a Starbucks on me today and then you can go ahead and tag a friend. And honestly, I just want you guys to enjoy and know how much I love you. And um, one of the best, best ways you can give back to us is just make sure you're subscribed to the show. It costs nothing, but it helps us more than you could imagine. So subscribe to the show, tell your friends subscribe. It would mean the world to me. Now, here are some of the incredible takeaways. Number one, every business must have a core purpose and reason for being. Number two, strive to create a culture with community, love, and trust. Number three, surround yourself with people who share your values and goals and believe in you. You do not have to do this alone. Number four, we have all failed and we will fail again. So we must learn from it and make the choices to get back up and keep going. Number five, you can't build a hundred story skyscraper without building such a solid foundation first. Number six, there is always, always room. The entrepreneurial opportunities have never been greater. Number seven, it's not about marketing. It's about the interpersonal communication and relationship with each person. And number eight, help one person every day. Whatever the help is, whoever the person is, do something good, bring love, 
kindness, and joy to one other person every day. So we have all of these takeaways and some discussion questions on a cheat sheet for you. You can download that in the show notes. Also, there is a link to pre-order my book in the show notes. And this book is going to be coming out very soon. And I will continue to roll out bonuses just for those of you who've pre-ordered the book. So go ahead and do that. I know that not only are you going to enjoy these bonuses that we keep offering, but this book is really going to be something that you are going to feel is there as a resource for you. It is all the things that I want to share with you, all the things that I've learned in my 39 years on this planet that can help you break through the limiting beliefs, that can help you build the thing you really want to build. So go ahead and check that out. If you want to reach out to me personally, I read every single one of my DMs on Instagram at kathy.heller, Kathy's with a C, or you can join our Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. That is a beautiful, supportive community on Facebook where you can talk about what you're up to and you can get some support. Having you guys in my life has been such a huge blessing. I cannot thank you enough for listening. I'm well aware that you have a million things you could be doing with your time. I also want to give a shout out to Alex Benayan because that was him who told me that story about Teach for America. Alex is amazing. You should check out his book, The Third Door. Follow him on Instagram. He's just awesome. Also, I just wanted you to know how much I loved getting together with you guys at that live event a couple weeks ago. And I'm going to be continuing to create different events and ways that we can get together in person. And one thing that I'm doing now is gathering 12 women just to try this. I just thought, let's just see what this would be like, just to have 12 incredible women come to my house for two full days of in-depth coaching. And I know that not everybody can afford it and not everybody can fly in. And don't you worry, I'll be offering bigger things that will be more affordable and will be bigger groups of people and we'll be trying to do things in different cities. But I just thought this would be so epic. So for those of you who want to apply to this, you can get the details on the dates and what it costs and all that good stuff. We are taking applications and we will choose 12 awesome women to come together for two beautiful, intimate days where we will do some really deep transformational work. So you can find the link to that also in the show notes. Thank you guys for being here and supporting me. You have no idea how each one of you lifts me up and keeps me going. I'll leave you with another song of mine. Oh, by the way, those of you who pre-order the book, if you send us a screenshot, I will be sending you back a link to download for free all of the songs I played on this podcast just as a little treat, but there will be more and more bonuses coming for those of you who pre-order. So you can send us a pre-order screenshot to hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com if you want us to send you a link to download all the songs. Hope you guys have an awesome day and I will talk to you on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Authentic Shows.